Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your Hello, Andrew. Hey there, Edwin. Another day in Matthew 19. Another day in Matthew 19, another day of bliss. Absolutely. As we think about marriage bliss. Wedded bliss. Wedded bliss. We hope. I hope it's about wedded bliss. If we have wedded bliss, bliss, it makes Matthew 19 easier. It is. It does. Of course, we're getting back to our text in Matthew 19 where we find the Pharisees, ever the opponents of Christ, have a new question to ask him and test him. So I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version this morning, Matthew 19, verses 1 through 12. Now it came to pass, when Jesus had finished these sayings, that he departed from Galilee and came to the region of Judah beyond the Jordan. And great multitudes followed him, and he healed them there. The Pharisees also came to him, testing him, and saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together, let not man separate. They said to him, Why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away? He said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives, But from the beginning, it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, and marries another, commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced, commits adultery. His disciples said to him, If such is the case of the man with his wife, it is better not to marry. But he said to them, All cannot accept this saying, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who were born thus from their mother's womb, and there are eunuchs who were made eunuchs by men, and there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He who is able to accept it, let him accept it. Yesterday we talked about this from the context of Matthew 17, 18, 19, and 20, this string of stories and teachings that seem to be connected to the idea of humility. Mm -hmm. Remembering, of course, that Jesus pointed out to the apostles. I mean, like, really emphasize to them, I'm telling you guys, y'all are arguing about who's going to be the greatest. I'm saying, if you don't convert and become like little children, you won't even be in the kingdom, let alone be the greatest. And so we see the importance of humility. And we've walked through some of these stories and vignettes and that connection to humility and, and it's good that we've done that. But now let's dig in a little bit because there is some teaching here about marriage that is a very important teaching and it's an often overlooked teaching. It breaks my heart the number of people who don't hear this until it's too late. Well, and I, I guess maybe I'd like to start at the end and back up. Okay. What are your thoughts about this? You talk about the permanency of marriage. Verse 11 said, all cannot accept this saying. Mm. Or verse... Uh, 12, you know, let him who is able to accept it, let him accept it. We've we've read earlier in Matthew about he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And now he who is able to accept it, let him accept it. Like, what do you see going on there? 
certainly on the surface, that might give us the idea of, look, if this is too hard for you, don't worry about it. Well, that's what I'm wondering. However, that would contradict Jesus' earlier point of, you know, Moses had a different teaching because it was too hard for you and you were hard-hearted and stubborn. So I, I find it hard to believe that Jesus is now saying, I mean, I'm telling you the way it's supposed to be, but hey, if, if it's too hard, don't worry about it. I think, though, we're about to get into another story about this ruler mm-hmm. who is rich, yeah. who is young, yeah. and God is going to, or Jesus, God is going to tell him, you need to get rid of all your stuff and yeah, follow me. That's and right. He, he doesn't do it. He walks away sad. He is unwilling to cut off his hand, to cut off his foot, to pluck out his eye. There's something that's coming mm-hmm. between him and the Lord. It's a stumbling block for him. It's a stumbling block for everybody who's following him and looking up to him. And he won't get rid of it. And the disciples will ask Jesus when Jesus says, see how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom? Mm-hmm. The disciples are going to ask him, well, then who, who can be saved? Yeah, It's it's actually very parallel. Jesus gives this teaching and they're shocked and stunned. And Jesus' response is, with man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. So who is the one that can receive this? the one who's relying on God. Yeah. So anyone who relies on God can receive the teaching and follow the teaching. And the alternative to this divorce deal is actually about eunuchs. I mean, that's what he brings up. <laughs> so marriage is permanent. There may be reasons why a f- person would choose celibacy and even for the sake of the kingdom, but he does not give a pass on what he says about the permanency of marriage. He doesn't give an out there to say, ah, it doesn't matter what I just said. Yeah. So so this issue of eunuchs, I think, is very similar to back when he had talked about cutting off hands and feet and plucking out eyes. Mm-hmm. He's giving a hyperbole. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand that the idea of being a eunuch literally is the idea of castration. Right. I think he's not expecting his disciples to do that any more than he was expecting them to amputate mm-hmm. a, a hand or a foot or to pluck out an eye. He's using that to highlight that there are some people who have given up marriage. Right. There are right. some people who have who have cut off the sexual union between a man and a woman because they've discovered yeah. and learned mm-hmm. that it is unlawful for them mm-hmm. or it is better for them. Yeah. And so I, I think that's the idea that's going on here. And yeah. again, look, I get it. That's not easy. No. That's not easy. It's not any more easy for someone to give up marriage than it is for someone to give up all of their goods. Well, yeah, and I and I hate to confuse things. I didn't mean to. But just the idea being that we would not want to have this discussion about Matthew 19 only get to a place that says, if you like it, then that's true for no, you. That's no, not that. what he's saying here. Yeah, yeah. He's not saying if it's easy, if you can do it, if it fits you, if it's convenient. There, right. There's nothing in this section of Scripture that's about convenience. It's all about humility. It's all Very about, good point. It's all about cutting things off and throwing mm-hmm. things away rather than pulling to myself because I want to do things. Yeah. Okay, so then, all right, now yeah. what is it that he said? Right. So in this discussion or question about divorce— He does the reset, as we mentioned yesterday, going back to Genesis and reframing, repeating, reading for them, really quoting from Genesis about creation of marriage at the beginning. And I'd like to just uh, observe on that for a moment, talk about that for a moment. 
marriage is not this social construction that men in their wisdom dreamed up. And because we created it, then we can uh, redefine it and make it whatever we want it to be. That's not for us. Absolutely not. This was also uh, ordained and created by God. One man and one woman joined together by God in marriage. Okay, we need to respect that first and foremost. That's what marriage is. Marriage is not a man-made social construct. It is a God-made spiritual construct, and Mm -hmm. it is supposed to convey spiritual truths. All of the laws about marriage, Andrew, are there because marriage is supposed to teach something. And we could spend, in fact, I have spent entire sermons on digging that out, even from Genesis. But very simply and easily, we can look at what Paul says in Ephesians, where he highlights that when he's talking about husbands and wives, he's really talking about Christ and the church. Right. Marriage was established and instituted because it is supposed to demonstrate the gospel of God, of Jesus, a Savior who loves his bride, the church, who sacrifices himself for his bride, Mm -hmm. the church, who humbles himself Mm -hmm. to lead the bride, the church, to God, to be blameless and holy before God. And of course, the church who submits and surrenders to this Savior, who loves and cares and sacrifices, who is not a tyrant, who is not a despot, this is what marriage is supposed to represent, and it has always been supposed to represent that. And that's that's why we have rules yeah. against having sex outside of marriage. This is why we have rules against polyamory, uh, against bigamy and polygamy. This is mm-hmm. why we have rules in the Bible against homosexuality. Sure, sure. This is why marriage is between a man and a woman, one man, one woman for life. And that it was ordained even before the fall, even before there was sin in the world, uh, which makes the beauty and the proclamation of Jesus and his church so pointed. This is not to say we completely discard the civil laws. No. Okay, so we here in America, if we want to determine who's married, we recognize there are some civil laws we go through in order to accomplish that, and then there would be civil laws that we would go through if that was being separated and broken. I understand that, but at heart, marriage is a God-made institution And we have to keep that in mind. I want to start with that because I think it leads into verse 6, the idea that what God has joined together, let not man separate. Mm. What's God's intent for the marriage? I believe the word is permanency. Uh, The idea that if man doesn't separate it, the only thing that could separate it then is is God. Mm. And it is God who, in the scriptures, has power over life and death. I mean, I believe this is a way of saying it. It's death that separates you, and we'll leave that into God's wisdom as to when that would occur. Yeah, his point is very much, I get it. You've gone through a civil law or a ceremony that your government has stipulated to say that you're married, but understand that when you were married, it's not just that paper. It's not just that law from man. It is God who has joined you. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's very important to recognize the question is, can a husband put his wife away for any reason? And Jesus answer is in so many words, no, no. His answer is not yes, but then there are these consequences. His answer is no, no, you're not allowed to do that. What God has joined together, man is not supposed to separate. Mm -hmm. Now, he doesn't say man can't separate it. He says man is not to separate it. And I think that's important Mm -hmm. because when people get divorces, they really are divorced. There is a... There is a law Mm -hmm. that they are still subject to regarding that marriage because that goes on to what Jesus says. If they marry someone else, 
It's they're adultery. committing adultery. Right. Because even though the marriage has separated, even though man has separated them and they are divorced, there is a law that they are bound to that says, I'm not supposed to be married to anybody but that person. Right. That was the covenant made with God when they were married. And if I am married to anyone else, I am committing adultery. Mm-hmm. So there's two sins there. Yeah. He says, don't put the spouse away. Correct. And if you marry someone else, sin number two, now yeah. you're committing adultery. That is correct. That is correct. Um, so I, I guess uh, what we're saying is, if I can you know, sum up a minute, uh, no, don't get divorced. <laughs> no, don't get divorced. Okay, yes, okay. That's, that's, that's that's no, don't get divorced. A uh, lot of pushback to that, Edwin. A lot of people say, yeah, yeah, okay, Lord, but you don't know about my marriage. Okay, Lord, but you don't know how my wife mistreats me in this way or my husband mistreats me in this way. You don't know what it's like, Lord. You don't understand. Yeah. My, my situation would be different. Well, okay, we've got a minute left in our conversation, and now you've opened up a can of worms that could take like five or six, seven weeks of our episodes to, <laughs> to talk about. There's so many situations and there are some very sad, heartbreaking ones. And that's exactly and, right. And I know sad, heartbreaking ones. There, there are responses that we can have, but one response we see here that we're not supposed to have is divorce. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I will say this, abuse mm-hmm. should not be tolerated. Mm-hmm. And there is no church or eldership or people that should tolerate a domestic abuse and claim this passage as the one that allows it. Mm-hmm. It does not allow for the response to be divorce, but I think certainly there can be discipline. I think we should call in legal authorities. Yeah, I think law. we should throw the book at anybody who yeah. is going to abuse their wife or their children. Absolutely. It should not be overlooked. It should not be tolerated. Those people need to be brought to repentance mm-hmm. or they need to be punished severely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, but but what I see from Jesus is divorce is not the proper response. And yet in verse 9, there is one exception given, whereby we're told there may be a divorce here without sin. Mm. And the New King James said sexual immorality, adultery, yeah. violating the sexual covenant with your partner, with someone else. Which goes back again to recognizing the relationship between God and his bride or Christ and his bride, because that idea of adultery was always viewed as idolatry. Mm-hmm. And so we have that picture again. Please, I think we need to understand this. Jesus doesn't give the exception because, well, adultery is so bad uh-huh. that they, you know, he had, oh, and I've heard people say, I think I've said this. See, now we see how bad adultery it is, is because of all the possibilities out there. This is the only one that God says it's bad enough to get a divorce for. That's not why he says. He's not saying it's okay to get a divorce here or it's lawful and allowed to get a divorce here because it's so painful when your spouse has committed adultery, though it is for yeah, sure painful. I'm sure it would be. But the reason is, is because of what is marriage representing? It's representing the relationship between Christ and his bride. Mm-hmm. And if I, as a part of his bride, go into idolatry, mm-hmm. if I follow after other gods, I am Put away. Yeah, put I'm away. an adulterer, mm-hmm. and I am put away. And so this is the representation. This is what marriage is supposed to be teaching us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so as hard and painful as this marriage law is for, for folks who are in tough marriages, I hope we recognize that it's actually teaching something about how much Jesus loves his church and how much the church submits and loves Jesus. It's this picture of staying together and working through and coming to repentance and, and growing. It's, it's that seriousness. That's, that's, the, that's the divine message here. Well, difficult stuff. Uh, we, if you think we're missing it, please feel free to send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. We'd love to know what you're learning. Hop over to the Facebook group. 
Let's go ahead and wrap up with a prayer. Holy God, thank you so much for this day. We've talked about some difficult things, and I pray that we can be humble enough to accept your will, your governance, and Lord, we do pray that in the marriages where your law is not being followed, that those who are abusing, those who are hating, those who are being proud and arrogant will be defeated and brought to repentance before your throne and before those against whom they've sinned. Lord, we pray that our marriages will represent your son Jesus and his church before the world. And where they do not, we ask for your forgiveness and your strength that we might be courageous and convicted to demonstrate your gospel, even in our homes. It's through your son Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.